Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 575, recorded live on Saturday, October 13th, 2018. And here are your hosts, the man who I think is cheering for Wisconsin, Dave Play. No? Okay. And I mean, the, normally, yeah, but no? And the man who doesn't have a dog in this hunt, Andy Lowe. Hi. Andy, who's Wisconsin playing today? Michigan. Why would I, like, root for Wisconsin over Michigan? Because you live in Madison? Yeah, Andy. Yeah? At the Eastern-Western game, who do you root for? Depends on who's got a better opportunity for <laughs> getting the victory. Fair well, weather I, fan. No, no, by no. By definition. I, Eastern Western game. I wore the Eastern gear all week. Uh huh. At the game, because you know I'm in the nice seats. I wear the Western gear, but you know, <laughs> I I I don't really feel bad. You know, I kind of felt bad that Eastern lost, but it was still a a close game. And B, Eastern's had some tough losses that they should have won, so Western has a better opportunity of capitalizing on the victory. Uh huh. If Eastern had won, hey, that's no problem. Sweet Eastern so, won. Ooh, I'll fly so the flag. Fair weather fan. I've got, I've got two. <laughs> I'm a fan of both sides. Okay. I. It's I, like I asking. I'm also a fan of both sides, but in this particular case, I would much prefer Michigan to win. <laughs> Okay. Which is to say, if Michigan were to lose, I would not be like, there, there'd there be a small part of me that'd be like, okay, well, Wisconsin won and good for them. But the, the rest of me would be like, God damn it, Michigan, stop losing. No, this is, this is not, why? I, how long have you known me? Uh, a while. I've been out here for seven years. Now, granted, Wisconsin has only played Michigan like three of those seven, but come on, Andy. Well, this is a this is an interesting one. <clears throat> what uh, Michigan? Uh, I'm pulling up the five thirty eight college football predictions. Yeah, five thirty eight uh, has college football predictions. Yes, because five thirty eight is owned by ESPN. ESPN. Yep, <laughs> and therefore owned by Disney. Rex, ESPN's owned by ABC, which yep. is owned by Disney. Yep. Up the ladder you go. Yep. Yay. Yay, conglomeration. I type in 538 and it immediately brings me to the election stuff and not the sports stuff. Well, yes, because its name is 538. Yeah, but like, that's just where I go immediately. <clears throat> which, okay, so Hans, you got to answer me this question. <laughs> I love how I've got this random question in my head and rather than actually messaging Han, I'm just going to throw it out there and wait for it to slowly filter back to me. 538 is the number of, no, like uh, representatives plus Senate members, right? Plus. Plus what? How many senators are there? 50. Andy. Yeah. Two per state. 100. Do you know how many House members there are? 438? 435. 435. Wait, so, okay, so 100 plus 435. Three. There are... Three votes in the presidential election, I believe, I'm, I'm getting nervous saying this now so definitively, it's Washington, D.C. That would, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, because three is the minimum number of electoral college votes you can have. Because you have your one House representative and your three or your two senators. Yep, except D.C. doesn't actually have senators or a representative. Yep, no taxation without representation. <laughs> I love how yep. it's on their license plate. Yep. Oh, 
There was there was a thing of like if the Democrats ever get control of both houses and the presidency, then they're going to force through statehood for D.C. They're going to force through statehood for Puerto Rico. Maybe add some judges to the uh, Supreme Court. The ooh statehood for Puerto Rico. That one's actually kind of divided with Puerto Ricans. Yep, except not. If you look at the polling numbers, it's definitely not divided. Like, yes, there are people against it, but there are way more people for it. I wonder what the what's it what was the last uh polling on it? Uh poll? Uh, status referendum was twenty seventeen. Okay. Oh. Those who voted overwhelmingly chose statehood by ninety seven percent. Yeah. <laughs> Turnout, however, was low. Okay. I mean the only the people who are gonna care are going to vote. Yeah. But bunch of people wanted it. <laughs> like Yep. The referendum was boycotted by all major parties against statehood for several reasons. Yeah, which if you're the the point of a vote is to like, why would you boycott the vote? Turnout was 22 percent, which is actually kind of high for a vote turnout in the United States. Right in the U.S. Like, man, 22 percent. That's that's pretty good numbers. Yeah, that's damn. What was the last presidential election voter turnout? (laughs) Survey says, no, I don't want just black voter turnout at 20 year low in 2016. Yeah. Look what that got us. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the other question. What about like American Samoa and Guam? Um, I mean, what about them? Like, should we make them states? Sure. If we're doing in Puerto Rico, what about like, what about the Virgin Islands? What about Guam? What about Samoa? Uh, let me check something. Hang on. So Puerto Rico yeah. has a population of about 3.3 million people. Okay. Guam yeah. has a population of 162,000 people. Okay. What's the, what's, um... Andy? Yeah, what's the... population the pop- of Ann Arbor is 160,000 people. What's the population of Rhode Island? One million people. Oh, damn. <laughs> All right, now let's. Okay, so least Wyoming populated. is, is five hundred and eighty thousand people. That's what I was looking for. Okay, yeah, you were looking for the smallest state, and that's I think it's Wyoming is, is yeah. five hundred eighty thousand. Yeah, less Ver- than a million people. Vermont still, is Vermont's the one over there that I was thinking of, not Rhode Wyoming Island. is still five times the size of Guam by population. God, I don't even know American Samoa. Fifty-five thousand people. Also, there's, like, no industry whatsoever there, right? Like, would you want them to be states? I don't know. Like, I guess kind of, like, they need some form of representation because they they do exist. There's, I I guess I just disenfranchised 200 to 300,000 people. Just like that. (laughs) But, like... (laughs) Puerto Rico, yes. American Samoa, no. fuck you. (laughs) I mean, well... (laughs) I, okay, now, so here's, I the, here's the question. Now. Okay, so we, we said American Samoa, we said Guam, we said Puerto Rico, we said the Virgin Islands. Do you know what the fifth one is? The Mariana Islands? Yes. Did you know that ahead of time or no? Well, I'm looking at the population chart for American Samoa right now, and it's comparing it to the U.S. Virgin Islands and the Northern Mariana Islands. So okay. I took a stab in the dark. Well, the North... Marinera, not Marinera. Mariana. Mariana Islands are kind of close to Guam. Okay. What if we, uh... Combined them? Combined them. They probably wouldn't like it. (laughs) What if we just combined all American overseas territories? 
Well, how far is Guam in a... Okay, so how far is Guam to American Samoa? That's the question. Why are we the ones talking about this, by the way? Like, neither of us have the, the like, authority to do this. Because it's, it's things we don't talk about or think okay. about ever. Oh, American Overseas Territories. We have... American Samoa, Guam, Northern Mariana Islands, Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, and then a bunch of minor islands. So the Bajo Nuevo Bank, Baker Island, Howland Island, Jarvis Island, Johnson Atoll, Kingman Reef, Midway Islands, Navassa Island, Palmyra Atoll, Serenilla Bank, and Wake Island. That's a lot of islands. Yep. So Puerto Rico could be its own. The U.S. Virgin Islands are next to Puerto Rico. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. But culturally, I think, are going to be very different. Yeah. Uh, and so combining those into a single state, <laughs> probably not. But uh, the, the Pacific Islands, I mean, the, I'm sure the, the um, cultures of each of them are vastly different, too. Baker's Island is like a friggin' A lot of these were basically dirt. just like an island that, you know, became a landing strip for military use. Yeah. Like, I don't know that there's even permanent residents there. Okay, so American Samoa. Yeah. I wonder if we give American Samoa back to Samoa. We'd never want to lose it. Are you kidding? Just, like, strategic value? Like, I hate to say it, but we are not past the point where there is the potential for war. <laughs> Just we in case you're wondering. military for a reason. The, uh, the distance between American Samoa and Guam is uh, three and a half thousand miles. That's a, that's a big gap. Yeah, that is a big gap. It's six-hour flight. Yeah, that's that's the size of the U.S. Yeah, so yeah, grouping um, grouping that together would be that that wouldn't work. So, well, but, but it would be it would be like the entire Pacific area. So it would be like Midway, it would be Mariana, it would be Guam and American Samoa, the United Islands of the Pacific. I guess the Pacific Island state, maybe. You know, it, it, it kind of works. A bunch of dots on a field of blue. Well, the Philippines works as a country, and that's just a bunch of islands. Yeah, but that's a bunch of islands that are all close together. True. These are islands that are 3,000 miles apart. Yeah, that, okay, that one. Mm. Indonesia? No, but Indonesia's big. Yep, and again, is a bunch of, of islands, islands that are close that are together. really close together. Yeah. Um, yeah, making all of those states would be really weird. Mm-hmm. But, all right, so what I was trying to go with originally before we got stuck on, on islands in the... Hood? Yeah. Um, no, just the fact that the, the number of representatives in Congress hasn't expanded. Correct. It can't. 435. That's the limit. The number of senators can expand. The number of senators is two times the number of states. The number of representatives never changes. Which seems weird, right? I mean, that's how it was defined. But that seems weird, right? Sort of. The idea was that there, because if you keep adding representatives, then the small states could, like, essentially even out with the big states. So in the Constitution, in the U.S. Constitution, in Article 1, I believe it's in Article 1, that's the legislature, it is defined as the House of Representatives is uh, the number, is, is 435 proportionally assigned to each state by population as determined by the census. That's why the census is so important, because every 10 years, the number of representatives can move around. 
Hey, fun fact: the no- total number of state members is actually a ca- was capped in 1929 of states. Yeah, the total number of state members. Yeah, re- the House of Representatives was actually capped in 1929. Okay, so the 435 was from 1929. Yeah. Oh, the the reappointment act of 1929 was a combined census and a, a, a apportionment bill passed by the Congress on June 18, 1929, that established a permanent method. For apportioning a constant 435 members of the House of Representatives. I stand corrected. It was not from the Constitution. Yeah, so 1920, yeah. Oh, here we go. House size. Use sites population per representative since, see, 1929 was when that was passed, right? 1923, it was somewhere between 200,000 and 300,000 people per representative. Mm -hmm. 2003, we're almost at 700,000. So we're probably over 700,000 now. Yeah, and we'll see what happens in the next election, or not election, next census. If, you know, we can actually get that census off the ground. Oh, God, yeah. How bad is it? Oh, well, um... The uh, Commerce Secretary actually just had to, he was deposed to actually uh, talk about why he wanted to put the uh, citizenship question on the census form. Okay. Which was, you know, an entirely thing talking about appropriate, (laughs) talking about, hey, how many representatives each of these people would be. you know, dealing with. Yep. But the number of representatives is not determined by the number of, like, citizens. It's by the number of residents, isn't it? Oh, I'd have to actually look at the actual wording. The act that you just posted? Yeah. Man, if only we knew, like, constitutional lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) Putting that out there. Anyway, yeah, 435 plus 100 plus 3 gives you 538. You know how I always remember 435? Don't tell me there's an Animaniacs song, because if there is, I'm just leaving right now. <laughs> uh, that'd be hilarious, but no, it's actually worse than that. Capital 538 steps. minus 100 minus 3. Wait, you're actually doing the math? I, I do it backwards. <laughs> I'm like, how many representatives? Well, it's the number of electoral votes, so 538 minus DC minus the number of senators. Right, 435. I mean, now I just remember it. Now I've, it, that the knowledge is there. Those neurons have been committed. But yeah, that's how I, I used to do it, is to just do the math backwards. Anyway. Oh, there's a, there's a proposed w- Wyoming rule now currently that keeps on getting brought up. What is that? Uh, to Calls for expanding the House until the standard representative to population ratio equals that of the smallest entitled unit, currently the state of Wyoming. So increasing the number of representatives... What would that map look like? I don't know. I I guess that would help the populist states. Yeah, using that size, the largest... Oh, okay, so the the backfire on that one is uh, using that size, the largest district, North Dakota's at-large district, would have 638,000 residents, 92% larger than the smallest districts, Delaware's two districts, of approximately 333,084 residents each. Well, that that throws it on its head a little bit. I don't understand what you just said. Can you please break that down? I'm trying to, but it's a Wikipedia article, so I'm trying to understand (laughs) who the heck wrote this. So, no. (laughs) Although a larger house size will generally result in the smallest and largest districts being proportionally closer in size, this is not always the case. Therefore, in some cases, the Wyoming rule may actually result in an increase in the ratio of the sizes of the largest and smallest districts. What? Hang on. This is the smallest size. The number of... 
We have tech topics, I swear, for anybody who's still listening. <laughs> There's a math equation on this Wikipedia article. There is a YouTube video that explains it, but I don't want to sit and watch that right now. <laughs> this is... What the hell kind of rabbit hole did you, like fall into Andy. I don't know, but there's also or this Huntington me into. There's there there's also this Huntington Hill method which I guess is the actual math that is used to distribute the um the rest of the seats. Which is crazy. Uh implementing the Wyoming rule. Ah, all right, here. So, states that would get bigger uh, Alabama would get an extra two, Arizona would get an extra three, Arkansas an extra one, California would get an extra 21 representatives, Colorado would get an extra three, Connecticut two, uh, Delaware and D.C. would stay the same, Florida would get ten, Georgia, okay, what, what are the ones we care about? Michigan would get an extra six, and Wisconsin would get an extra three. Damn, for Wisconsin being a swing state, we do not have many electoral votes. The sucky part would be for states like South Dakota and North Dakota and Montana. Oh, it would really suck for Montana. Well, yeah, because Montana gets one. Yeah, if if the smallest unit was 563,000, Montana is almost to two, but not far enough. I'd almost want, and like it would be impossible, right? Because there'd just be too many districts to actually govern. If uh, a modified version of the Wyoming rule, instead of 563,000 being the minimum, it was half that. So that Wyoming got two representatives. Oh, God, that'd be having a thousand people. You'd have to. <laughs> yeah, you'd have you'd have uh, like 1100 members of Congress. I uh, you'd, you'd have to build a new Capitol building. Yep. That? Also, nothing would get done. Nothing would get done. Could you imagine the whips having to try and get 500 people? Six? You'd have to get 600 people to agree to something. But it would even out representation. Yes, it would even out representation. I wonder if you could. Uh, I don't know. You'd have to. You'd have to get subgroups. You'd have to. You know, actually have. You know, uh, the parties <laughs> elect their own representatives. Nah. <laughs> I mean, the whole, like, the, yeah, our our government has some serious issues. What government doesn't? Right, but, like, our government has some serious issues. If you look at the, the population of, like, San Francisco, let's see, how many states is the population of San Francisco? San Francisco is a hundred and, no, sorry, is 870,000 people. I don't want San Francisco. I want, what's a, what's a big city in California? LA? Yeah. <laughs> let's go to, let's go to the population of LA. LA is a population of approximately 4 million people. A uh, list of states by population. How many states? How many of the bottom states is that? 4 million people. Uh, let's see. It's one, two, three, four. It's like the bottom five states. So South Dakota, North Dakota, Alaska, D.C. doesn't count. D.C. is not a state. South Dakota, North Dakota, Vermont, Wyoming, and Delaware. And those states, one, two, three, four, five, six states, would have 12 senators. And L.A. has two, which is to say L.A. and the entire state of California. So, like, yeah, there's there's still some issues. Also, California should probably be multiple states. Yes. As should Texas and maybe even Florida. 
don't know how you would divide Florida. Like California, you could you could pretty easily divide up. How would you divide Florida? I don't know. Michigan, I'd say, is easy to divide, but then the Upper Peninsula is like the least populated state. Well, you have you have Detroit and all that, so you could focus one on that one. So Florida probably take like well, I-75. my my south south Florida is its own thing with Miami and you know Key West and all that stuff. Yeah, there. so I'm thinking like take. I-75, which goes kind of north and then cut east just south of Jacksonville and just cut off that little wedge of Florida. That could be its own state. Maybe. Texas needs to be cut up. California needs to be cut up. Or we just need to convince people to move to Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho. Well. (laughs) Yes. Like, what? why? Even things out. Well, yeah, I know, but what would they do in... Oh, in Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho? Yeah. Hell if I know. (laughs) I mean, I could do my job out there. It's just my my company's located out here, so I can't. Yeah. Right, so should we actually, you know, not talk about representation of the United States government? I get... I mean, given that, like, a number of our listeners are international, maybe this is interesting to them? I, I... the question is, how would we get any of this done? We we I wonder can't. If we actually, do we still have people listening in like Sweden and and Northern Europe and? I don't know. Would you check the? Uh, I haven't paid any attention. The map paid. broke a long time ago. Hold on, the map I thought was still up and running. The little teeny map. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it broke. The mm, United States, Monroe, Monroe, United States. For the last month, it's just been U.S. Okay. Let's look at this year. Nope, U.S. So, well, that's visiting the webpage. Maybe they're actually listening via the actual podcast, and that, I don't, yeah. Uh, I got to figure out how to get back to that. (laughs) Oops. Oh, hey. According to FeedBurner, we have 102 subscribers. Nice. I don't know when that happened. At some point. (laughs) Yep. Well, okay then. So, what what topics that are actually on our topic list do you actually want to talk oh, about? Oh, come on. You can't. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with this. Uh, what what do we want to talk about? Well, there's a topic that we pulled back from, from last week, because we never got to it. It's right up at the top. Uh, sorry, allergies. Um, Toys R Us is I not... I don't want to grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, evidently, I don't want to go bankrupt. Um... <laughs> Toys R Us is actually still kicking around. Like, the company still exists, and some people have started deciding that they don't want to see it just disappear. And so they're looking at ways of keeping Toys R Us and and using the brand and making a comeback, question mark? I I don't know. So, like, using the brand more than the store, or licensing the brand and letting other people have Toys R Us stores. Essentially that the brand is worth more than the actual shops that they have. Which makes sense, because, you know, as we saw Toys R Us... Toys R Us! Yeah, no, the the amount of money that they they were still, you know... (laughs) talking about you know how much revenue they were making during the holiday season you know was still not you know a pitiful amount most of the reason they went bankrupt was because of the leveraged buyout was was the debt right they just had so much debt due to the 6.6 billion leveraged buyout yep which aaron has told us and i i am willing to believe him has uses and doesn't always result in a company going bankrupt i heart uh, yep. Cumulus. 
those were leveraged buyouts. Toys R Us was a leveraged buyout. I'd love to see somebody have a list of the latest leveraged buyouts and tell me how many of them haven't gone bankrupt yet. Are you? This is like the Dave Google Foo episode. Ten most famous leveraged buyouts. Hilton Hotels, Clear Channel, Nabisco, PetSmart, Freescale Semiconductor. Is that, that good enough for you, or did you want more? Well, I'm just trying to see, you know, what the latest ones were and how they've ended up. <laughs> the 10 most famous leveraged buyouts. Yeah, number one, Energy Future Holdings. Uh-huh. Filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in 2014, Hilton Hotels. Oh, leveraged buyout, and then went public for Hilton Hotels. Mm-hmm. Clear Channel, which is actually iHeartMedia, <laughs> which, you know, is just leaving bankruptcy right now. After getting a majority... Sh- uh, stake from the company that owns Sirius and XM Satellite Radio. Anyway. Andy. Yeah, sorry. Back, I'm just reading the rest of these. Google Plus is shutting down. Which first brings the question of why was Google Plus still open in the first place? <laughs> which then brings the question of wait, why is it shutting down now? And then you find out, oh, because Google had it running. And it's kind of like someone just forgot to turn it off. Like, it was still there, and nothing was really happening until uh, someone hacked in and and stole 500,000 people's data. So, of course, when I heard that, my first thought was, wow, there were 500,000 people using Google+. And then, oh, crap, my data was on Google+. And then, oh, crap, my data, wait, how long? And then realizing that this happened seven months ago. <laughs> seven Months ago, when Equifax sat on theirs, granted, Equifax was like millions of people, but when they sat on theirs for a month, people freaked out. Google sat on this for seven months. I'm not pleased. No, that's... The information was available to third-party developers between 2015 and March 2018. Yep, that's a long time to have a security hole. Yeah. Now, I do have to say... I bet you some of those Google Plus accounts are Google uh, business related because some of our, because uh, we use Google as our infrastructure for our work accounts, uh-huh. have Google Plus accounts attached to them. Uh-huh. So, you know, nobody in our group ever really used the Google Plus aspect of it, but it was still part of our features. So I'm just like, okay, I didn't use it. You, you know, nobody really used it. So... Whatever. God, from 2015? If you'd like to delete your account, sure, I'll just follow these instructions. Why not? <laughs> Maybe not right now? Yeah, not right now, but I'll... Uh, God, fifth, 2015 to know. So here's the question, is why did Google Plus not take off? Was it because Facebook was already entrenched oh, in our God, social media landscape? No idea. There's any number of things. Are you stretching right now as well? Yes. <laughs> My legs were starting to cramp, so I had to move them out. I mean, any number of reasons why it failed. It didn't take off. The features weren't there. It was a shitty design. It was it was half-baked, and they were just trying to throw something out there to be like, look, we're relevant, and we have social media, too. Why did Google Waze fail? That's an excellent question. Why has Google gone through, like, four different versions of Hangouts? Which they keep friggin' changing. How, I mean, how is Allo doing? Yeah. Right? Like, Google does not have a good history of this stuff. I don't even know what the heck's on my Google Plus page right now. Google Plus, what do I got here? I guess I'm subscribed to some sort of website profile. What do I got? There was a Manistee photo book. 
Oh, we're going to have to do something about that. I guess there are photos in here. I have 153 followers. Why do I have 153 followers on my Google Plus page? What are you posting on your Google Plus? Nothing. Hmm. Weird. Yep. Not great. Like, yep. it's it's Google Plus. And I'm, it's more that the, like, the hacking than the shutting down kind of pisses me off. But, um... Oh, speaking of social media and hacking... Oh, sure. Fine. Take the topic. Go ahead. Well, you were taking too long on your segue there. So Facebook had its massive 30 million user data breach. Yeah. So they originally said 50, but it was actually only, only 30 million accounts that were actually affected by this. So That's a lot of people. Yes. It's a very big number of people. Yeah, 30 million users broke down into three categories. Uh, the attackers accessed name and contact information for around 15 million. Uh, 14 million uh, were accessed uh, username, gender, location, language, relationship status, religion, hometown, current city, birthday, education, work, places where they were checked in or tagged, websites, uh, people or pages followed, recent searches, device types used to access Facebook. Jesus. It's a lot of information. Yeah, so that that was so half of it was just name and contact information. Fourteen million was the deep dive information, and the last one million, although their access tokens were indeed stolen, none of their information was actually accessed. So if you there's actually a link on Facebook's page that you can go to to find out if your account was one of the thirty million that were actually affected. Oh, I'm scared to do that. Like I should, but I'm scared. All right. Was your Facebook hacked? So where do I click? Uh, the highlighted thing that says, yeah, this link. Please enter your Facebook account, user, and password. Wait a minute. No, joking. Uh, okay. What is the status? Learn what you can do. How do I find out? So where on this page do I find out? There it is. Is my impact based on what we learned? So yours has not been impacted. Woo! I'm safe for now. Yes, I am also currently safe for now, so yay. Yay, us. Mm-hmm. So yes, if you're curious, follow the link, and then there's another link, and you sign in, and it will literally just be on there saying, hey, it was my account compromised, and the answer is most likely no. Yeah. Uh, other hacking news. This one's kind of funny, because there is a mysterious Russian hacker who is actually hacking into people's outdated Microtik routers. And um, actually patching them. Like patching them how? Uh, I added firewall rules that blocked access to the router from the outside the local network. In the comments, I wrote information about the vulnerability and left the address of the routers t- uh, of the Telegram channel where it's possible for them to ask questions. So these these Microtech routers had a vulnerability. That um, this guy was able to exploit. To well, get in. Well, no, because it, it was it was it came to light in in April, yeah. and then the company rolled out a uh, fix, and so um, yeah, for the past five and a half months, the vulnerability has been mainly used to plant crypto jacking scripts on outdated routers and to hijack DNS servers and later redirect user traffic towards malicious sites. Jeez, there is currently two million microtick routers around the globe, and so the guy, you know. Just basically sets up a script and goes and, you know, you know, well, that's finds, cool. finds these routers and then yeah. uses said patches them. Yeah. Uses said's vulnerability to get in and then patches them. Cool. Um, can moons have moons? This is a question that evidently people started asking relatively recently. The answer is evidently yes. Like a wheel within a wheel. Yeah, see, it it gets weird, though, of, like, having moons of moons, because when you get into a three-body system, 
it's a three body problem like the yeah. book club book what's the book club book we had the three body problem was one of the book club books oh i didn't read that one. Oh. Um, anyway, uh, as, as I was saying, like three body problems in, in gravity is like complex. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. Uh, the three body problem in, in physics is pretty complex and getting, um, getting a moon around a moon is not an easy thing, but according to some astrophysicists, it is possible, or at least some astronomers, not necessarily astrophysicists, but they have to be far away from the main planet. No, well, yeah, like, if, can a moon have a moon? Well, certainly, it depends on what you define as a moon. For instance, we could put a satellite around the moon. Earth's moon is, is far enough away from Earth that we could put something into orbit around it. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't be very big. So? So, I mean, the answer is yes, but, like, it depends on what you're defining as a moon. So the question is, what do you call it, though? Oh, uh-huh. What do you What do you call a moon's moon? Satellite? So they're saying moon moon. Yeah. Which is a fantastic internet meme that I encourage everyone to go and look up. <laughs> of course, it's an internet meme. It's of moon course. Moon. He's a wolf. His name is Moon Moon. Um, other space topics. Hubble Telescope is in a little bit of trouble. Oh, well, it's way past its... Uh... Sort of, because like, they went up and replaced a bunch of parts uh, right before the shuttles stopped flying. And they went up and replaced a bunch of parts because they knew the shuttles were going to stop flying. And we have, right now, no way of getting to the Hubble to fix it. Nope. So there are three pairs of gyroscopes on the Hubble Space Telescope, and one is dead. It failed. If they can't get it to restart, then they are going to, instead of run it off of three pairs, they will run it off of a pair and hold the other pair in reserve for when the first pair falls, fails. Hmm. Oh, okay. So that, no, they're actually not even using the second pair. The agency will then begin operating the telescope using a single gyroscope with the other one held in reserve to preserve the overall lifetime of the telescope. So it's not like all doom and gloom. It's just we're losing redundant systems. Yes. And they're just slowly basically sacrificing precision for lifespan. Yep. Oh, well, alas. Now, is the James Webb telescope going to replace Hubble or no? Sort of, if it ever gets off the ground. (laughs) Wow, no longer launch any earlier than March 2021. Oh, yay, yay. The telescope's massive heat shield was designed to fold 12 times to fit within the payload fairing. Oh, that's actually origami. Nice. Yep, it was really cool. Uh, What else we got? Well, other space news is the fact that uh, technically we can't get anybody up into space right now. Uh-oh. What do you mean we can't get anybody up to space? Uh, there was an issue with the uh, Russian launch up to the International Space Station just recently. Soyuz. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, the rocket failed, and um, luckily the... Uh, two astronauts who were uh, heading up to the International Space Station are okay, which is good because the uh, emergency, basically, eject button hadn't been used since 1983. (laughs) 25 years later. They actually... 35 years later. Yeah, they used the the (laughs) emergency abort, and it worked. Yay, and they're all fine. Yeah, although that is not a fun ride. They experienced seven Gs of deceleration. Yeah, it was uh, basically a, what they call it, a ballistic free entry trajectory. Yep, where you're you're in free fall, but 
you, when you think of free fall, you're thinking like, oh, cool, it's like weightless, ah, ha, ha. No, the, the free fall for this, like, you're decelerating the entire way down because you were going so fast. You're hitting the air and decelerating. So that's not cool. Um, so when's the next time they could launch a rocket? Uh, they don't know because they have to figure out what happened with this one. So people on the ISS are kind of stuck there? Well, not really, because there is a capsule on the ISS right now. Yeah. But that capsule has an expiration date um, because, you know, it's it's up in space. Yeah. A so, capsule for, like, coming back down? Yes. Okay. So the so, ISS has a re-entry capsule. Yes. That's that's good. So the idea would be, like, okay, you know, you bring the one capsule up and you take the old capsule and take it back down before its expiration date expires, which uh, this one is in mid-December. Oh, that's really soon. Yeah. This was really bad timing. Yes. Now, this isn't the first time that this happened, because back in 2011... Another rocket failure mm-hmm. had the same thing, you know, going like, you know, if we don't have the capsule set up by the middle of November, then they would have to deman the ISS. But uh, the rocket was actually launched on November 13th and the crew returned a week later. So, you know, it's they 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 they've been down this road before. OK, but yeah, it's uh, they they don't really want to, you know, they, in theory, the idea would be, yes, you know, if there's a problem, they'll just send the crew home, button up the ISS and wait for the next crew to come up. I really don't like the feel of that. No, there's there's something about that that does not sit well. Um, well, the fact about is SpaceX, like, couldn't they launch whatever to replace it? Uh, no, because the, the crude module for SpaceX hasn't been approved yet by NASA. Well, not people, but like the capsule. And Couldn't SpaceX replace the the escape pod? What? Nothing. Never mind. Are you are you trying to say to take the the nose cone off of one rocket and try and force it onto another rocket and send that one up? Like no, I don't know what I'm asking. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know what you're asking either. Um. Well, that's that's all unfortunate. That is very unfortunate. Okay. So. Anything else we want to hit? I think we're probably getting pretty deep into the episode, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Fist has been canceled for season three. And I haven't even watched season two yet. Yep. Season two is evidently much better than season one, but... My guess is nobody watched season two after season one, so... Oh, uh, my guess is that Disney is looking at their options, and they're thinking about their new streaming service that they're working on. And that maybe it's time to terminate the the contract with Netflix? Well, they've already got... um, Netflix already has a third season of Jessica Jones and, in theory, Luke Cage. Yep. So, you know, they've already got... Netflix still has two of them left. So I don't know what's up with the um, Iron Fist contract. But, yeah, no, because, yeah, they don't... Isn't there a thing saying that there's going to be a Loki and a Scarlet Witch thing on Disney's... Streaming. Yes, but it's not clear what or how or when. Because, you know, Marvel and Disney. Yep. I've been trying really hard to avoid all the Avengers 4 spoilers that are coming out. Like, really hard. I um, I basically put like a... <laughs> and the, the actors are not making it easy to avoid. I, I have purposely, yes, if I see something Avengers 4 related, <laughs> I have purposely, yeah, turned the other way. Yep. But I actually read somewhere, I think it was on Deadline, um, I have to see about this article, supposedly the uh, Marvel didn't want to do the um, 
TV shows. Say that again? Marvel didn't want to do the the TV shows, like, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, Daredevil. Originally or? Yeah. Okay. But they were convinced to do so because? Bob Iger and Disney and ABC straight up basically overruled. Yeah. (laughs) And the shows have been relatively successful. Yes, but the new Disney shows are supposedly like, you know, actually, you know, have this. Because as you have seen with the TV shows versus the movies, yes, the TV shows have to play in the movie sandbox, but they get outside of they a couple of cameos say. they don't they don't you know yeah there's no representation actual or yeah. was it <laughs> representation <Taxation> without representation <laughs> they they have to play by the rules set by marvel cinematic universe but they don't get to do their own thing yeah that's funny I mean, they how kind you brought of that are, like agents of shield is playing hard into the inhumans aspect yes but where is that in the movies well but that's that's kind of the point it's like they needed a, a place to go besides the movies so of course they went into the future Yep. Wait, what? Yeah, ladies season. They time traveled to the future? Yep. Huh. Well, that's a way of handling it. (laughs) They're like, all right, we're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Fuck you all. We're just going to jump ahead 50 years. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, okay. Well, uh, Iron Fist may or may not be there in 50 years because the, the show got canceled. But they said the characters will live on some, I don't know, maybe cameos in like Daredevil. I I don't know. I would want the Heroes for Hire to, you know, happen. The Heroes for Hire. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the, the, the comic book with Luke Cage and Iron Fist oh, teaming yeah. up. But that's basically the Defenders, right? No, no. It's, it's just without Jessica Jones. And without Daredevil. It's Daredevil. just yeah. it's okay. just Luke Cage and Iron Fist, which was actually a yeah. pretty good episode of Luke Cage. I liked that episode. It was yep. fun. World's fastest camera? Yep. There's a new camera out there that can take 10 trillion frames per second. How do you store that much data? <laughs> Well, um, the the thing is, it only uh, takes pictures on the nano scale mm-hmm. of size. So yeah, we knew that by using only a femtosecond street camera, the engine co- the image quality would be limited. So to improve this, we added another camera that acquires a static image. That's so weird. We can use a radon transformation to obtain high quality images while recording ten trillion frames per second. Like, wow, that's so. Like, what what do you do with a camera like this? Because you can't measure like real things, right? Like, you can't watch a ball. Ten trillion frames per second is pretty intense. Yeah, they're actually watching a f- uh, pulse of laser light, and they can actually watch the changes in the light pulse's shape as it moves, which is weird. <sighs> How far does light move in a ten trillionth? How far does light move in one ten? Oh God! Uh, it basically moves thousand million billion trillion of a second. Let's see if Google has an answer. No, no, no. Let's see if Wolfram Alpha has a, has an answer. Speed of light <laughs> in cm per s times one ten. Thousand million billion trillion uh, centimeters per second times one. I want centimeters. Give me centimeters. Point zero zero two nine nine centimeters in the ten trillionth of a second. It moves the length of a skin cell. Oh, 
What's really weird is the uh, the lead author of the study that created this camera uh-huh. says they see the possibility of increasing the speed to up to one quadrillion frames per second. That is three times ten to the negative fifth centimeters. That is the size of a measles virus, or the thickness of a, uh, sorry, it's a third of the fi- thickness of a red blood cell. Just crazy. Yeah. That's that's nuts. Also, yeah. I love Wolfram Alpha. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually used Wolfram Alpha. Oh, it's so cool. You can you can do some pretty neat shit with it. Hmm. Uh, I actually used it just this week to calculate uh, a number of possible combinations. So here's here's a question. If you have 1.1, let's just we'll simplify. It. Let's say you have a million things you can choose, okay? Okay. And I will let you choose any number of them. You could choose one of them. You could choose two of them. You could choose a million of them. I don't care. How many options do you have? And it turns out you can answer that in Wolfram Alpha. The answer, by the way, is you have two to the millionth options, Hmm. which is a really scary big number. Yes, yes, it would be. I guess another way of framing it is you have a million things and you could choose yes or no on all of them. So it's not that you have some unknown number of choices from zero to a million. You have a million choices and it's all yes or no. Huh. All right. Well, that's a much easier way of thinking about that problem. <laughs> Holy crap. That changes every. Wow. That makes way more sense. <laughs> well, because my my way of, of solving was like, OK, well, it's the number of time, number of options if I give you. Uh, where you choose one, plus the number of options where you choose two, plus the number of options where you choose three, all the way up to the number of options where you choose one million. And so it's a summation of N choose R, with R going from one up to one million. And it comes out as two to the R, or two to the N, or whatever you want it to be. But yeah, okay, flipping that makes it a lot easier. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I just found out that there actually is, in Waynesville, Ohio, a sauerkraut festival. How far is Waynesville, Ohio? About four hours away. That's a long way to go for kraut. Yep. But it exists. Let's see. Waynesville, Ohio compared to Kalamazoo, Michigan. Wow, Waynesville is a lot bigger. That is a big city. Oh, because it's part of the Cincinnati metro area. Okay. All right. Uh, Your review, sir. All right. My review... Uh, I had something, but I probably forgot what it was. So I'm reviewing Escape Room, the game. So I've talked about Escape Rooms before, right? So that, you know. Yeah, several times. Yes, so you are. Several times. (laughs) You're locked in a room, and your idea is that, you know, you have 60 minutes to get out of said room. Yeah. Well, Escape Room, the game, is kind of the the home board game version. (laughs) Okay. How do you convert a room into a board game? Well, you you take the room and you basically make it a picture. And in this game is you have you have a little countdown clock and it's got four keys, key slots. Yeah. And you have a bunch of keys and then the clues give you, you know, which keys to use. And once you hit, you know, correctly get the four keys in the thing, a little thing will ding and it says okay yay we're out of this room quote unquote so we get to move to phase two and it's they're all in little envelopes so you can't you know look ahead of time it's just you open it up and be like okay so this is phase two it's another quote unquote room that you have to yep escape it, it's moving from one room to the next yes although it might include clues from the first room if i recall yes there was a couple of those okay so 
they they convert it in an escape room and they they give you this little timer with slots and you have to put the right keys in the right slot and if you put the wrong key in the slot what happens uh the timer buzzes and you lose time oh so you can't just guess and check no so it's you know the 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 game came with uh four rooms mhm and Dave, you and I and Brian went through the first two of them. Yeah, you bet we did. We crushed it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm partially wanting to try the third room on my own just for kicks and giggles to see. Oh, but that wouldn't be any fun. If I'm by myself? Yeah. What, do you don't think I can hot dog it? You could hot dog it? Yeah, so, sorry. Do that- I even want to know? Um, hot dogging it is a term, uh, one of the rooms here in Kalamazoo was built by a lady who started the rooms up in Grand Rapids, but then, you know, went off, decided to do her own thing. So she's an actual, like, escape room designer and aficionado, so she actually, you know, goes to escape room designer conferences, which I didn't even know were a thing. Um, and she was talking about some of the terminology that they use for designers when discussing, you know, how to design an escape room. And, you know, like the, you know, how they always had the uh, people talked about how there's basically only seven plots for stories. Yep. It's kind of like that where, you know, there's only a basic number of, you know, puzzles <laughs> and, you know, all the current puzzles are kind of variations on those. On a theme. On a theme. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that they talked about was the terminology for hot dogging. Hot dogging is when somebody tries to do an escape room by themselves. Okay. But why is it called hot dogging? I, I forgot to ask. It was something about, you know, trying to, it's some surfing term, I think. Sure. I don't okay. know. I didn't so ask. So anyway, you, you could, but I mean, wasn't part of the fun, not just doing the puzzles, but like collaborative Part of it is, yeah. And, you know, it's always nice, especially when you get to that point where your thought process stops and you can't... But there's someone else who's there to kickstart it. Yeah, or look at it from a different light. Right. How many times during that, that event did we go like, oh, wait, let me see this? Or uh, the, oh, 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 no, I got it, I got it, I got it. I seem to recall a couple of those. Oh, from, yeah, from no. Different aspects and different parts of the table. Yeah, no, that that's true. And, you know, it's... I've I've had this discussion with my uh, assistant about escape rooms and, you know, what's the ideal number of people in a room? Because especially some of the rooms, you know, we're like, oh, up to eight people. And I'm sitting there looking at this room going, eight people in this room would just be pure chaos. Like people won't get to do things. Yeah, it's like eight people in this room. No, don't put eight people in this room. Don't ever put eight people in this room. That would just be, half the group would just be sitting there, you know, twiddling their thumbs, drawing, you know playing hangman on the whiteboard or something you know i feel like three people would be ideal if you had four that'd be great because then you could have a secretary someone to just write down notes yes and keep track of you know what clues have you used complex rooms yeah i'd love to see an an escape room complex where you have like three teams of three people and eventually they have to work together so, like, at one point, maybe even in, in the first or second room. So here's here's what I'm envisioning. You have three teams of three people. Each is in their own room. Uh, probably, like, a series of two rooms each, right? Okay. But then the second room has three exits. Oh, where they start out but then have to break apart? Yep. And one person from each of the three groups ends up into a third room. And you have to use the knowledge from the other rooms to get through that third room. So I forgot what show it was. There was a sh- there was a game show 
that was sort of like The Amazing Race, but I forgot exactly what it was called. But they, or it was, I think it was on the same time as like Big Brother or something like that. But it was actually like puzzle based. So I have nothing for you. I can't remember what it was, but no, nope, don't know. At one point, like, you know, they actually were like locked into their hotel rooms, but the hotel rooms all had puzzles. And the three of them technically had to work together with the with the other people in order to actually kind of figure out, you know, how to get out of the hotel rooms by the time the time expired. And the really funny part was one of the guy's hotel rooms didn't have a light switch, but there were no lights on. The light switch was in one of the other hotel rooms, just randomly, just by itself. So, you know, the person, you know, randomly like flipped the light switch. The guy's lights came on in his hotel room. The person's like, oh, this didn't do anything. And then turns it off again. <laughs> and the other guy's hotel room just gets plunged back into darkness. Oops. But, you know, it's it's things like that. So... Right, so the escape room, the game, has four escape rooms in it, in the box. You have 60 minutes to, you know, head out, and, um, uh, let's see, yeah, four, four games in there. $26 right now on Amazon, and there are also uh, expansion packs, but the expansion packs are 15, 16 bucks each, and it's just Oof. one. Oof, that's a bit... Yeah. Um, has anyone made their own expansions? Have you looked, I should ask? Uh... Because there's another game, and, and maybe I should review this if I haven't already, called Time Stories, where there's there's puzzles and there's adventuring, and it's a very, like, we they, they sell expansion packs and you can play through, but also people have made their own expansions and posted the PDFs online. It's like you just print the PDFs and you cut it out and you put it in the envelopes and you play that way. I don't know, but uh, it turns out Escape Room, the game, also has a virtual reality expansion pack, which that's weird. (laughs) But there are other, you know, Escape Room in a box games. There's one called Exit the Game, um, Escape Room in a Box is one of them. So there are other board game ones out there, like the, uh, the Exit the Games are normally about $15 for one. Uh, Escape the Room is another one. Those are also 20 bucks a thing there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you want to just try it out, $25, $26 gets you four of them. And they start out pretty simple. So, you know, if, you're, if you don't want to, you know, 25 bucks is like one person's fee for an actual escape room to actually like, you know, go somewhere at the actual physical location, you know, that that's the price of like one person's entry. So if you, if you have an idea, if you want to try it out, you can try it out in the comfort of your own living room for 26 bucks. But you only get like the four rooms. Yeah. You only get four rooms, but at that point is like, you know, okay. Go do the real, the real thing. Yeah. You know, if, if you like it after the four, Hey, you know, try out the real thing. So yes. when do I get you out here to to do Madison's escape rooms? Uh, uh that uh that I I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Something to think about. There nice are vacation. there are 3 escape rooms I still have not done in the Kalamazoo area. Yeah. So So I need to come out there and do those with you. Yes. That sounds fun. Mhm. I I like this idea. So I'll also have to see what's up with the Red Bull escape room thing. Did I tell you about that, right? Uh, maybe? Red Bull has a championship escape room series, like a world championship sort of thing. Yeah. What? Yeah, just Google Red Bull escape room. I don't want to. Okay. So yeah, Escape Room, Um, the game, it's a board game, 26 bucks. It's your nice little, you know, cheap 
I, I put that in quotes, you know, cheap escape room sort of thing. Yeah. And it's not, it was fun. I liked it. Also, um, if you, if, if you really want to, I don't know why you would, but you can also, there are certain aspects of the thing there where you actually like, will you draw or fold or do other things to like to figure out the answers to the clues. Their yep. website allows you to re-download and print the things that are oh, that's, that's very nice destroyed so that in the process. You can play again. Yes. Unlike the legacy series of games where it's like, nope, you're destroying this so that we can sell it again. Yep. This one gives you the options to, you know, fix the things that were destroyed. So that's cool. Good for them. Yep. All right. Random topic. Yeah. Old ahead of time. Yeah. Well, I got to find my sticky note. Here it is. Uh, how hard is it to think of random topic questions? Really hard. At least I think so. Um, well, since we don't think of the random topic questions. We used to. No, we used to just go to Wikipedia. Yeah. And hit random Wikipedia page. Yep. That was easy. It's not actually, well, a lot of people have done it. Like, I mean, for goodness sakes, it, random topic questions, quote unquote, are the same thing as like icebreaker questions. Yeah, but I have a hard time thinking of icebreakers, too. Have you Googled icebreaker questions? I have not. I could get you 100, 200, 63 icebreaker questions for adults, 100 funny icebreaker questions, 25 best icebreaker questions, 76 fun icebreaker questions. You know, just Googling icebreaker question, it's boom, you know. Okay, I will have to check that. If you need icebreaker questions... Google is your friend because everybody has started making lists. And yes, there are some, you know, some of the, the standard ones like what's your favorite food? If I, you could I have dinner a, with one person from history, who would it be? You know, those. I those. do. Um, what's your favorite childhood toy? Ooh. And then I put up a picture of a Casio scientific graphing calculator. <laughs> Because, like, the, the point of... I use I use icebreaker questions at work to do um, intros to the class, right? So we, we go around and say who you are, where you're from, and be like, okay, and something fun. Like, so one of these icebreakers. And, uh, I, I use them to kind of open with a little bit of humor and, and make myself seem like a person and not just a corporate entity. So I, I put up, you know, what's your favorite childhood toy? And I listen, and people are like, oh, I, I, you know, I really like the balls, and I like the Barbie dolls, I like my action figures, I like my Nintendo, and I'm like, yeah, that's all cool. I'm a nerd. I'm a huge nerd. Uh, so this, and I'll like, I click the the slideshow, and there's a picture of a giant Casio graphing calculator, and like, this was my favorite childhood toy, like. I love it. I go into a story about how dad brought it home because he worked at the college and the information services department. And he said, like, try this. And I started playing around with it and I learned how to graph on it. And yeah, it's a lot of fun, but I need more. Well, yeah, just Google it. There's some interesting one here. It's like, you know, uh, what did you name your first car? <laughs> if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? If you could banish any fashion trend, what would it be? What would it be? Yep. So what I'm hearing is if we ever run out of random topics, we'd just start searching for icebreakers. Yes. But part of the fun with the random topics is the fast fact that they're entirely random. Yep. And there's a little meta in there, right? This this question, this topic would not come up if we didn't do random topics. Yes, that is true. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, how's hard? I I don't. It's it's not us. It's it's hard. Not I, I said the fox. Hard. All right. Are See, we all good? Yep. That's a wrap. Oh, that's lovely. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at 
podcast, or send us an email at mail at rapodcast.net. Thank you for listening.